Welcome to the ROTC Scholarship Podcast, hosted by former Army ROTC Professor of Military Science, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Rob Kirkland. In these episodes, we explore how to best prepare yourself to obtain one of these valuable scholarships for those applicants who wish to attend a college or university and become officers in the military. The application process can be complex and confusing. This podcast works to make it more understandable. And now, the ROTC Scholarship Podcast. Hi, everyone. I want to talk to you today about uh, my observations uh, sitting a uh, Army ROTC Scholarship Board back uh, in the 2011-12 uh, timeframe. So at that point time, I was uh, running the Army ROTC program at the University of Southern California and uh, went out to Fort um, Knox in Kentucky uh, in order to uh, kind of sit uh, one of these scholarship boards for Army ROTC. Uh, Army ROTC conducts three of these a year, one in October, one in January, and one in March. Uh, I sat the January uh, board, uh, you know, looking at thousands of uh, applicants for the Army ROTC scholarship. So, uh, you know, it's quite an undertaking, you know, to, to uh, look at all these files and to, you know, determine and, and to give a score to, uh, you know, obviously a, a, a group of high school students that all want to uh, serve, that uh, all are qualified and, uh, you know, all have various backgrounds. But obviously we have to make a, a quality cut. Uh, in order to determine, uh, you know, who gets these scholarships uh, and who doesn't out of high school. I mean, you should note that, you know, even if you don't get a scholarship out of high school, you know, about 50% of uh, Army ROTC scholarships are not given out on these boards, are given out, uh, you know, while uh, a student is on campus or so on campus uh, scholarships for Army ROTC. So if you don't get one in high school, it's not uh, the, you know, it's not, the last time you can get a scholarship is not the end of the world. You can go onto campus and, you know, if you participate actively and, uh, you know, keep up your GPA, you can fully expect to, you know, get some help uh, over multiple years from Army ROTC that'll help pay your tuition. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, but for those of you in high school, they're looking at, you know, these boards. Uh, and I believe that my observations today apply not just to uh, Army ROTC, but the Navy ROTC, Navy ROTC Marine Corps option uh, board boards also. The Air Force ROTC it currently doesn't uh, have such a board. They used to in the past, but uh, as of this recording in 2020, they don't have a board. Uh, but you know these boards are all similar in some ways, even like promotion boards. I've never sat a promotion board in the Army, but uh, they're similar in that you know you see a lot of files. Uh, and you have to uh, give a score uh, from a one to six uh, on a candidate uh, to uh, determine whether or not they should get a scholarship or not. So multiple board members look at each of these files. Uh, so uh, you know, it's a bunch of lieutenant colonels uh, get together. Uh, there's prof- their professors of military science. And they uh, go through and and uh, look at these files on a computer. So all of the uh, information that uh, you know an applicant puts on their uh, 
on their, uh, you know, in the computer uh, in, uh, is what is, is what's looked at. Uh, so, so uh, it does count for a lot. I mean, it counts for, for Army ROTC, it counts for 350, uh, 1400 points or about, or about 25% of the overall candidate score. Uh, so this is big deal. Uh, it's looked at, you know, I look at a bunch of things or we look at a bunch of things to include GPA, high school transcripts, the civilian background experience, former CBEF that uh, I talked about in the last episode, physical fitness test scores, personal essays, uh, et cetera. So uh, lots looked at. Uh, and so what I want to do today was kind of uh, give you an idea of, you know, kind of the things that you should be most concerned about that the board members are going to look at uh, in particular. Uh, you can imagine looking at hundreds of files that, you know, a lot of these uh, start looking the same, uh, you know, that's particularly like things like activities uh, start kind of blurring together. Uh, you know, you're looking for things, I think, that stand out, things that, uh, you know, that distinguish one candidate from another. And there are, at least in my opinion, from sitting this board, uh, several uh, things at least that stood out to me that were more important than others that I think that get you that uh, higher score that, uh, you know, that can get you that scholarship versus somebody who doesn't get the scholarship. So the first thing I, I would say, I'm just going to go ahead and tick through uh, several of these uh, several of these things uh, that I think stood out to me from, I think, the most important to, um, you know, to lesser of lesser importance, uh, you know, so you can kind of get an idea of kind of what, you know, kind of board members are looking at. And I can say that, you know, I think that my observations here are more are, are in line with most other uh, people who sit these boards, uh, you know, just from talking to people um, about this, about, you know, them sitting the boards. So I'd say the first thing uh, that's most important for me that I keyed off of when I looked at these, when I looked at the boards was the um, ROTC interview narrative. So in Army ROTC, you're going to be interviewed by a professor of military science or maybe somebody in the ROTC program. And uh, they're going to grade you on the front side, uh, but the back side, uh, which the front side is mainly uh, point totals that uh, come from your kind of scholar athlete leader uh, accomplishments. So a lot of the front side is based on things that you've done kind of before you did the interview, but the back side uh, is probably, well, is definitely the most important in that there's a narrative section in there where the uh, interviewer uh, makes a judgment on whether or not you should get a scholarship or not. Uh, I was generally more impressed with uh, professors of military science, you know, lieutenant colonels who did this interview and wrote up a narrative rather than, say, a recruiting operations officer that might have been a captain or a civilian. Uh, you know, I'm looking for kind of my peers to, you know, give me an idea of, uh, you know, which candidates uh, they think were. Uh, the most qualified to get scholarships. So I definitely, you know, paid a little bit more attention when it was uh, a professor of military science versus somebody else. Uh, if particularly if you go to a senior military college uh, and get that interview and you that interview is done with uh, senior military colleges, there's five of them, uh, Virginia Tech, Georgia Military College, uh, the Citadel, uh, Virginia Military Institute, Texas A&M and uh, Norwich. The 
full colonel gives you an interview, which he's a uh, generally one rank higher than the pr- people sitting the board. Uh, that can be, I think, uh, advantageous if you can get an interview with that type of person. And then particularly, they give you a strong uh, recommendation to award a scholarship. So I'm looking for, you know, for words uh, from that colonel or lieutenant colonel that strongly recommend that you get the scholarship. Uh, that's say they were impressed with you, and this is a person who needs to uh, get one. Uh, that makes a big difference. Uh, made a big difference to to me right off the bat, and those things that I uh, looked at closely. Uh, you know, and when you do this uh, scholarship interview, it's sometimes hard to determine, you know, whether or not you're going to get that kind of uh, narrative or not. Uh, some people who interview you may not be good, uh, you know, evaluative writers, and they they or they may be lukewarm to you, or you know, you may have somebody who can't write. So you certainly hope that the person that interviews you, you know, will give you that kind of good positive rating and generally more senior officers understand uh the system they understand uh the the language they understand what the language of officer evaluation reports and they're generally more qualified or and have more experience in writing the kinds of narratives that are going to catch the attention of senior officers so i'd encourage you you know if, if at all possible to try to get that interview with a professor of military science um you know rather rather than somebody else you have to kind of toe that a uh, fine line, um, you know, in asking to do that, but not being too pushy with your ROTC programs or doing that those interviews uh, for you. So first is obviously ROTC interview narrative and getting uh, more senior people to to be the people looking at your, um, you know, that are giving you that interview and giving you that good write up. So that's the most important. Second, I would say would be SAT ACT, and and you know it's. I think, you know, there's people who have kind of mixed uh, opinions about the validity of the ACT or SAT, but it's really the one uh, test that everybody's got to take. Uh, you know, a higher score definitely stood out to me when I looked at, when I looked at, the, uh, you know, I looked through these things, a higher SAT score, a higher ACT score uh, was, you know, stood out to me versus, you know, somebody, somebody else. Uh you know, and it's really hard to, you know, look at GPA from one school to the other. Uh, you know, we're not in ROTC isn't quite as uh, sophisticated as, say, a regular university that might be able to determine that, you know, X school is more prestigious than Y. So therefore, you know, a higher GPA at this school equates to a lower GPA at that school. Uh, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's not really uh, taken into account too much. I mean, it's really that SAT, ACT, you know, if truly you are a good student and, you know, is for the most part, you should have an ACT or S- SAT that reflects that. You know, mentally for me, if the candidate had was super scored over a 1300 uh, or they could push uh, into the 30s on some ACT sections with a super score of 28 or higher, was uh, made an impression on me. 1,400 SAT or 30 ACT higher composite made even a greater impression on me. So, so you know, since Army ROTC superscores this test, there's no uh, disadvantage to retaking the test and trying to do the best you can and trying to kind of push over those mental numbers of, you know, that 1,300, 1,400, 30, you know, whatever, whatever you might call it, um, you know, in the Army ROTC, it you know you get points for the SAT ACT, but I think you know that that score is even 
kind of enhanced by the uh you know by the ROTC board where you know where a higher SAT ACT scores will get you more points on the board uh so it counts for a lot of points and so uh, you should not underemphasize the importance of having that good SAT ACT score and you should retake um the test uh to score better um, you know, one thing that I do talk about in, in my, one of my blog posts on the rotcconsulting.com uh, website is maybe holding off and not going into the October board uh, and rather waiting to January to compete. Because when you compete on the October, because when you do the, uh, when you do, you only, you're only boarded once with Army ROTC. So if you're boarded in October, you get that board score in October. And then that same board score carries over to the January board into the March board. So, uh, you know, if you think you can improve your SAT score, ACT score between October and December uh, and retake it, you know, once or twice more and improve, then I think it makes sense uh, for you to hold off and not compete in October and, and get that better SAT, ACT score and then compete on the January board where you look better uh, with a higher uh college board score. So uh, I go into more depth as to why you shouldn't compete and why you might not want to compete in October in that uh, blog post. So I certainly will recommend that that you look at that, uh, you know, at, uh, you know, on my uh, ROTC consulting site. Uh, and I think, you know, kind of go into more detail as to why uh, not competing in October might, might make some sense for some people. Uh, the next thing would be uh, unweighted GPA. So uh, it's kind of interesting with ROTC is that uh, is that they don't they don't take a weighted they take an unweighted score. So sometimes you'll see these you know kind of four point two four point three GPAs or even five you know all these people taking these AP courses and the unweighted GPA is is what ROTC looks at. So you know it's advantageous to you know to uh, in my opinion, at least to, you know, rather than taking a whole bunch of AP courses and getting B's, it may make more sense to take some regular courses and get A's in because the the weighting that would be that you would get with the AP course will be taken away with the unweighted GPA. Now, you know, when I looked at transcripts, of course, I, you know, looked and, and, you know, I, you know, would scan the transcript and see if the person was taking a lot of AP courses that would certainly make, an impression of on me, but you need to balance those things, uh, you know, because frankly, we're looking at uh, candidates nationwide, and there's some schools that have a lot of AP courses. There's a lot of there's some schools that don't have AP courses, and so what I was looking for mainly is just make sure you, that they had a solid high school curriculum or taking a college prep curriculum. Uh, so the a, so the uh, GPA, obviously I looked at uh, the higher the unweighted GPA made a better impression of me. Uh, the types of courses made some impression on, on me, but um, you know that but getting a bunch of AP courses uh, just to put them on the transcript and get a lower unweighted GPA may not pay off for you at least with uh, Army ROTC. Uh, next would be scholar athlete, uh, scholar uh, leader activities. So I would take a quick check uh, at those, look at uh, you know uh, what types of sports you did in, in high school. Um, you know if you were a captain of a team, that would make uh, an impression of on me. Uh, you know significant, outstanding leadership accomplishments such as class president, eagle scout, or gold award. 
Um, if you've done things like junior ROTC, Civil Air Patrol, or Sea Cadets, uh, which indicated kind of military propensity. Uh, so those things, you know, I think are important. Uh, but I mean, to be honest with you, some of these things blend together with the activities. Uh, you know, everybody kind of starts looking the same with these activities. So I would say that the activity piece was probably uh, less uh, important to me than just getting an overall picture of the candidate regarding their athletics and, and leadership uh, rather than kind of keying on an individual accomplishment. So, um, you know, I think that just has to do with, you know, everybody's been doing great things in high school. And it, it seemed, you know, as you looking through hundreds of these applications, they seem to kind of blur together. And uh, finally, the CBEF and physical fitness or PT test scores just make sure that there's nothing out of the ordinary that the person, um, you know, seemed to, uh, uh, you know, be, you know, uh, you know, that had, you know, good, solid physical fitness scores, uh, nothing that was, you know, close to failing that would make an impression on me, but as long as it was solid. And then I looked at the essay, you know, making sure that it was a solid essay, uh, but I didn't spend a lot of time reading the essays in, in depth. I just kind of would scan over them in particular, particularly I looked at, um, the third uh, essay uh, that uh, kind of gave the signature accomplishments or the resume of the person to see if things kind of stood out there like, you know, Eagle Scout or president of the class or valedictorian or things like that, that would kind of indicate uh, significant leadership accomplishments. So, uh, so what are the takeaways here then at the, uh, you know, now that we're finishing, now that we're going to finish up here. Uh, the takeaways for you uh, would see would be number one, uh, the interview is the most important thing to do well on. Prepare for the interview, have somebody help you prepare for the interview, and get ready for it and do very very well on it because that is number one uh, thing that you can do uh, to uh, make an impression on on board members and try to get that interview with that lieutenant colonel uh, in order to kind of you know make that. Uh, get that good write-up so that uh, board members will take note of that. Uh, a good SAT, second is a good SAT-ACT score is a way to separate you from other candidates. Since Army ROTC super scores this test, there's nothing to lose to retake it if you think you can realistically uh, raise your score. So SAT-ACT number two. Three, get get your get as high a GPA you can as you can, unweighted, while ensuring sufficient but not necessarily extreme rigor. Four, work to make a significant leadership accomplishment in high school that would draw the board members away from the static of a laundry list of activities. Look to participate in activities like junior ROTC if you're high school officers, Civil Air Patrol, that show a propensity for the military. Athletics, participate in a varsity sport do, and do your best on your physical fitness uh, test. So with those, uh, you know, those are the main things. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know, as you all get, you know, ready for, uh, you know, for competing on these boards in the fall, uh, hope you, hopefully you'll keep th these things in mind uh, to uh, guide you as you move forward here. And, um, you know, to let you know that, you know, we're, we're here at, uh, you know, my, my team at uh, ROTC uh, Consulting is here. You know, if you need uh, any help with any parts of the, uh, if you need to part with the application, interviews, 
we guide you through the whole thing. So, uh, you know, we've done this for many years and, you know, we're here to help you, but, um, but hopefully, uh, this, uh, this is uh, this. My observation here is kind of give you a peek as to what uh, uh, board members are looking for when they uh, when they see an applicant, and then you can design your application uh, and your way ahead in order to make sure you maximize uh, your uh, application for a great uh, board score. So I wish you the best of luck and uh, take care, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the ROTC Scholarship Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please leave a quick review. If you have any questions or want more information about ROTC or our consulting services, please visit our website at rotcconsulting.com. Take care, and we'll see you next time.